Welcome to Equipped and Established, a podcast of Valley Bible Church where we seek to equip people with the Word of God to be established in the truth. Hey everyone, this is episode 41 of the Equipped and Established podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is part of our 10-minute theology series where we talk about a certain topic of theology in around 10 minutes. And this week we are continuing to look at just uh, the overall broad category that we've been studying, uh, the theology proper, and more specifically we have been kind of just walking our way through the attributes of God, and so we are continuing on that in this episode. And as you kind of read through the scriptures, both Old and New Testament, one of the main attributes that you're going to see kind of time and time again is the holiness of God. And we see that on display, like I said, Old Testament, New Testament, it's all throughout Scripture. We see this emphasis on the fact that God is holy. And one of the main examples that comes from, there's a lot of examples you could think of that display the holiness of God, but one of the ones that comes to my mind uh, is, if you remember, like, uh, Isaiah's vision of uh, the throne of God, and, and we see... Uh, this attribute being declared by the angels surrounding God's throne, where it says, like in Isaiah 6, verses 2 through 3, it says, Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Okay, and that's just, again, like one example of you see the holiness of God on display. You can read through like the whole book of Leviticus, and that's really all about the holiness of God and putting that on display uh, to his people, okay? And so we read this in scripture, and we even like sing songs about this. We sing songs about God being holy, uh, but I think we once again need to kind of take that step back as we kind of done with a lot of these attributes and consider what do we mean when we say that God is holy? Okay, again, I think that's one of those things that we can kind of just throw out there as um, Christians and if we've been in a church for a while or anything, it's like, yeah, of course, God is holy. Uh, and we talk about the holiness of God and all that, but like, what does it mean? Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. So really, holiness has the idea of being separate or set apart. Maybe you've heard this, like people talk about this when we think about like, uh, when we talk about believers as like saints, they are set apart. Like that, that comes from the same kind of root word of this like holiness as well. Okay, so it's this idea of being set apart. But the question then comes, well, set apart from what? And in a general sense, This can refer to God's being set apart from all things. And we kind of, again, that's kind of like when we talked about the otherness of God very early on in this series. Uh, It could kind of be that idea where he is set apart. He is categorically different than everything else. And so he is set apart in that uh, sense in one way. But also, like we can even more specifically, I think God's holiness is often more tied uh, in Scripture to like his separation from sin and evil. Okay, for example, you have like 1 John 1 verse 5 that says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you 
that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And so, again, we have here like the light and darkness. That's not like literal, like kind of light and darkness, but it's being used in that kind of moral sense. So like light here is being used in the sense of kind of good and pure or holy. And darkness refers to like sin and evil in this context. And so John is saying that God is completely holy or pure, and there is absolutely no sin or evil in him at all. This is essentially what we mean when we refer to God's holiness. He is completely set apart from sin. And as such, there's kind of a two sides of this coin, right? He's not only set apart from sin, but in doing so, like he is set apart from sin in order that he is also completely devoted to accomplishing his glory. Okay. And that kind of ties in with like, when you think of like us as saints or um, people being set apart for God, like you think of like the priests in the old Testament or stuff, it was set apart from something, but then to do something like for service in some way. Right. And so kind of in the same way, God is set apart from sin and therefore is completely devoted to accomplishing his glory. Does that make sense? Kind of these two sides here. And so, so being holy then means that God not only doesn't have any sin or evil in him, as we've seen, but also that he hates all sin and evil. So we have to understand that. Like God is not neutral towards sin. We can sometimes have that misconception where, I, where we kind of think, well, God, he doesn't really care or whatever about sin, whatever. No, like he is, he's not neutral. He's against it. Okay. And, and that kind of starts leading us into like kind of the application here of how, how does this impact us? And as we reflect on the holiness of God, and I, I think that easily leads into this first application kind of point, like since God is not neutral against sin, and in fact is like against it, this is why we as believers need to take sin seriously in our lives. Because we are trying to imitate God, and in doing so, we need to strive for his standard of holiness, not just our own standard. Okay? We see that repeated throughout scripture, right? Like 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Okay? Peter kind of picks up that command that God gave to the nation of Israel back in the Old Testament, and he kind of repeats to them for us as believers in the New Testament. Like, hey, like, since, like, he who called you is holy, you should be striving to be holy as well in all your conduct. Okay? That is our standard, is we're striving to live holy lives as we seek to imitate God. Okay? It's not just some subjective, our own standard of what we think is holy. We are striving to be holy for God is holy. Okay? Be holy as he is holy. Okay? Kind of a thing. But I think this also then ties into our next application here is that the reality is like we're not going to attain that in this life, right? Like we strive for it, but we're not going to attain that because God's holiness is so infinitely more than what we can ever really think or picture, right? Um, we're not going to attain that. And in fact, I think that understanding that holiness of who he is and like that kind of infinite amount of all that, like his holiness, that that should lead to a response in us, right? And again, I go back to that Isaiah 6 passage. Like if you kind of keep reading, if you remember 
kind of Isaiah's response as he's confronted with the holiness of God. He isn't just standing there like, oh yeah, this is awesome. That's cool. Like he's holy. No, like, do you remember his response? If you keep reading Isaiah 6, verse 5, he responds, what? He says, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And so he is filled with like kind of almost like dread, right? As he sees the holiness of God in comparison to his sin and his sinfulness. And so I think when we reflect on the holiness of God, yeah, we strive to be holy as he is holy, but we, when we understand fully of like, well, not even fully, we're not going to fully grasp it. When we understand more like how significant, how infinite his holiness is, what, that should humble us as we reflect on the holiness of God and make us all the more grateful and full of praise as we cling to the work of Christ on our behalf to bridge that gap between God's holiness and our sin, right? Because when we understand God's holiness and then we understand our sinfulness, that should elicit a response in us. And as believers, hopefully that elicits that response of praise, thankfulness, like Thank you, Lord, for sending Christ on my behalf because I cannot bridge that gap. I am not holy as you are holy. I am a sinful man. But Christ, but the work of Christ on my, be, on my behalf has bridged that gap to now I can have relationship with God, this holy God. And that's amazing. And so hopefully we never lose sight of that, okay? So hopefully... Uh, as we understand holiness, God, hopefully it motivates us towards holiness, but then also as we understand our sinfulness in comparison to God's holiness, it brings us to that place of worship, that place of gratefulness and praise as we thank Christ for all that he's done on our behalf. Okay. So that's going to do it for today's episode. So we'll catch you all next time.